0: Our scripture lesson today is taken from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, reading from the first chapter, verses 11 through 22. In him we also were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession in praise of His glory. For this reason, The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand Father of the Father in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The word of God for the people of God When I was here last time, and again this time, uh, there's been a misunderstanding about where my wife Winnie and I live. Uh, A lot of people thought we were living in Columbia and we were commuting to Greenville. And that would mean that I drive to Greenville every morning, Monday through Thursday, and I drive back to to Columbia in the afternoon, and uh, we drive up here on Sunday morning, but that's not the case. (laughs) I retired in 2016 and we moved to Greenville from Columbia. I had served 18 years at Shandon and we came back to back home in, in essence. And we live on the east side of town out off Batesville Road in a subdivision called Hammett's Glen. Very happy there, have great neighbors, it's a wonderful place to live. But we still are in a rural area somewhat. If you come out of our subdivision and you turn right and you go about 500 yards, You see a fence with fence posts in it. And you see a pasture, and you see cows. If you turn left going out of our subdivision, you go about a quarter mile up to Buena Vista Elementary School. There's a red light there. You go through that red light and on past the school, and you look to your right, and there's another pasture there. Uh, The first part of the pasture has goats in it, white goats. I think the guy rents them out, and they eat a bunch of grass and overgrown stuff and then he brings them back home. Of course, somebody pays him for that. And then on the other pasture, he has cows. has a big bull out there. Now, I like living around those fences because I have a hobby. It's an unusual hobby. When I drive by fences, I look particularly at the fence post and what I'm looking for is a turtle sitting on a fence post. Now, have you ever seen one? Anybody? I haven't seen one either, (laughs) but that's my hobby. I keep looking for a turtle on those fence posts, and a turtle on a fence post is a very unusual thing, but I've never seen one, but I keep looking. Now, if you saw a turtle sitting on a fence post, what would you think? How'd he get up there? Yeah, how in the world would that turtle get on top of that fence post? And you would think, well, maybe he jumped up there. Or maybe the wind blew him up there. Or maybe he climbed up there. I don't know. I don't know. When you think about it, though, the only way a turtle could get on top of a fence post is if he had help. Somebody had to put him up there, didn't they? That's the only way I can imagine that a turtle could get on top of a fence post. Somebody. Put him up there. He couldn't get up there on his own. That phrase, post-turtle, you might have heard of before. It's been used in politics a lot. President Clinton, the two Bushes, President Obama, all spoke of post-turtles. Because they knew they didn't get to the White House by themselves. They knew that millions of people voted and thousands of people assisted them in their campaign And that's the way that they got elected to the White House. Somebody put them up there. And Pulitzer Prize winning author, Alex Haley, he has a picture of a turtle sitting on a post on his desk. And he has it there because he says that, you know, his family came from Africa. They were brought here as slaves. They went through slavery. After slavery, they worked hard and made something of themselves, made something of a success. Laid a foundation so he could uh, also have success. Pulitzer Prize-winning author, memory wrote Roots, and he's a professor at a college. And how about you? How about me? Are we like a turtle sitting on a post, fence post? Of course we are. Of course we are. We're like a turtle sitting on top of a a fence post, and our scripture lesson tells us about it this morning. Listen to what the text says. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for He chose us in Him to be holy and blameless in His sight. In His love, He predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters of Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. Now, you, Can you conceive of such a thing? Me, little old me, nobody, adopted as a son of Almighty God. And you, you're pretty impressive sitting out there this morning, but, but really, you're just little old you. And you've been adopted as a son or a daughter of Almighty God. This great, awesome God, omnipotent God, all powerful God, adopted you to be his son and his daughter. Isn't that impressive? I mean, it makes you want to stick your chest out a little bit this morning, doesn't it? Because God has chosen us to be his sons and his daughters. And one of my habits, especially in the summer, is to get up before my wife and I get a cup of coffee, maybe a little something to eat, and I go sit on our patio, have my devotion out there. And I drink my coffee and just look around. We bought our house, retirement house, about six and a half years ago, and we have a small backyard. It really is small. But I have tried to make it a pretty place. And I've planted azaleas, I've planted hydrangeas, I've planted planted butterfly plants, I've planted uh, black eyed Susans. I have a lot of those. And I have all these blooming plants that make our yard a pretty place. And then you add to that, the bluebirds that nest there. We've intentionally put out millworms and tried to draw bluebirds to our backyard. And last summer, four pairs of bluebirds raised hatchlings in the same birdhouse. And we bought an expensive bluebird box with a little comb on the bottom so the squirrels can't get up to it. Brand new, bluebirds fly up to it, look in, they fly away to another, older, They won't use that blue birdhouse. I don't know why. I wish somebody could tell me. Maybe you know. But they have this one birdhouse, they go in, one, one group will move out, another group moves in, and we sit there and watch the hatchlings come up to the door of the birdhouse, and they stick their head out and they look around, it's like they're scared to come out. And you watch them go through that trauma of trying to launch out and try to fly. That's a lot of fun. We sit on our patio and have a great time doing that. And then you add to that the hummingbirds that we've drawn to our yard. Some people are shaking their head, they know exactly the enjoyment I'm talking about. And dragonflies. I never thought about dragonflies being so beautiful. I went on, we went on a nature walk with Rudy Manikey in Columbia. You've seen him on nature scene on public television. And and, uh, we were walking across this field and he stops and there's a dragonfly. And then that dragonfly leaves and he loops down, he picks up the little leaf and there's uh, dragonfly eggs. You barely see them. I, I was amazed at that. But dragonflies, you know, there's one, he has a, a red back, and it has a blue square in the middle of it. I, I mean, those things are so beautiful to look, to look at. And I sit out there, and I sit out there for an hour and a half sometimes, and I just look around, I think about the awesomeness, the omnipotence, the power, the imagination of Almighty God, this great and glorious God who's, created all this beauty for us to behold and and be inspired by. This God has adopted me as a son. This God has adopted you as a son or a daughter. And why would God do that? You know what the Bible says about us? The Bible says we all have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all messed up in some way. We've all disappointed God in some way, but that doesn't stop this awesome God from loving us and caring for us and, and wanting to bathe us with His love. We're not that great a people, I'm telling you. Uh, we give in to those seven deadly sins, glut, gluttony, envy, pride, wrath, greed, laziness, and we can be really unfair and really unjust to other people. We really can So why would God choose us? Why would God choose us? Why would He adopt you and me? And the answer is right here in our scripture lesson. It says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing. And He did that so that you and I would be holy and blameless in His sight. In His love, He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ our Lord. I tell you, when I hear that, it makes me want to jump. I mean, it makes me excited, it makes me grateful, it makes me overflowing with gratitude that this God, great and glorious, would love us so much. We're sinners, we can't help ourselves. We can't do anything to help ourselves. But where we can't help ourselves, God can help us, and He did. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to pay the price of our sins so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be adopted as His sons and His daughters in His family. God favored us while we were still sinners. That's amazing to me. He favored us while we were still sinners. It just amazes me. Now what does this adoption look like? Oh, we find it all through the Bible. One particular place we find it is in Luke's Gospel. Luke uh, tells us a story about a man by the name of Zacchaeus. And you know the song, we won't sing it, but you know the song as well as I do. And Zacchaeus, I see a little child out there. And I know it too, just like you do. But we know that story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a, a tax collector. He was a dishonest tax collector. He was a corrupt tax collector and he cheated people you know, they he, they owed so much for their taxes. He would charge that, and then he would charge more. He put the extra money in his pocket. As a result, he was very rich, had great luxury. He lived in while the common people had, didn't know anything about luxury. And uh, he was a cheat. He was just corrupt as he could be. And one day he hears Jesus coming to his coming to his town. So he he goes out and gets up in a sycamore tree because he was short. You know the story and. And Jesus comes by, and Jesus walks right up to the tree and looks right at him. Uh, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. I imagine Zacchaeus almost fell out of the tree. He probably didn't know what to do. I don't think he knew what to do. But he got down out of the tree, and he went home with Jesus, didn't know what was going on, didn't know what was going to happen. But Jesus came to his house, and while Jesus was there, they talked. And Jesus let him know, I love you, Zacchaeus. I care about you. And Zacchaeus thought, wow. And after their meeting that afternoon, Zacchaeus said to Jesus, he said, listen. He said, listen, I'm going to pledge half my wealth to the poor. I'm going to give it back to them. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'm going to give it back to them four times as much. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. Adoption is receiving the grace of God. Adoption is receiving the grace of God through Christ, confessing our sins, professing our faith, and putting our faith and our commitment to live our life every day as sons and daughters of Almighty God, which is our privilege, which is our privilege. Now I want you to think about this morning, how did you get here? Why are you here? What brought you here? Why do you come here most Sundays? Maybe your parents took you to church when you were a child and exposed you to the gospel of Christ. My parents did that, and I'm grateful that they did. And then later you attended confirmation class that the church sponsored, and you had teachers that taught you all about the Bible, all about Christianity, all about Methodism and church history, and you learned all that, and then you came before the church like those did a few weeks ago, and you made your profession of faith in Christ, and you became a Christian became a church member. Or maybe you were outside the church. Maybe you weren't, had never been to church. Maybe you didn't know anything about church and a friend says, come go with me to church one Sunday. And you know, 70 to 80% of all new church members today still come because somebody in their social group invites them to church. You know, if we did some inviting, we might could fill this sanctuary up. We might could. Because 70 to 80% of all new church members come to church because somebody says, hey, come go to church with me. A friend, a coworker, family, a neighbor, somebody in our social group invites us. Or maybe you married into the church, maybe you didn't know anything about the church, never been to church, and you met this young man, or you met this young woman, and they said, come go to church with me. I go to church every Sunday, I'm a Christian, and I'd like for you to be one too, and they bring you to church. And maybe you get to know God and Christ and the Christian faith through that person you married. But regardless of how it happened, it was ultimately by God's grace that you were adopted into His family. It was nothing you did. It was totally about God and God's grace that you were adopted into His family. In verse 4 of our scripture lesson, the Apostle Paul says, For he chose us, sinners that we are, unworthy as we are. God chose us. Oh, that's good news. We're just like that turtle sitting on a fence. We didn't get up there by ourselves. We didn't get here by ourselves. We didn't come to faith by ourselves. It's all because of the grace of Almighty God who loves us, who gave his Son to die for us, who walks with us every day and answers our prayers when we offer them. And we're here not by any merit of our own, but we're here for one reason, the grace of Almighty God. Thanks be to God for loving us, uh, for caring for us, for adopting us into his family and being our father both now and forever. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your great love. We give you thanks that that we're nobody. We really are nobody. But you love us. You care for us. And even though we're sinners, you care for us. Your love overcomes our sin. And your grace provides the salvation and forgiveness that we need that we might live as your faithful disciples. Oh God, never help us to forget that, the debt we owe you for all that you do for us. And help us to pay that debt by loving you and serving you every day of our lives. For we offer our prayer in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.